On this episode of Bootstrappers, we're going to talk about the three biggest mistakes property management companies make with their financials and give solutions on how you can fix them. That's on this episode of Bootstrappers. Welcome to Bootstrappers, a unique program designed to help make your business better. From property management to remote workers, Bootstrappers is here to help your business succeed. Bootstrappers is a production of Anaquim LLC. So let's lace up those business boots and join Bootstrappers with Jeremy and Gwen Aspen. Welcome to the Bootstrapper Show, where we talk about topics that are important to real estate entrepreneurs and people in the property management industry. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, here with my spouse, Jeremy Aspen, and we have a really great show today. I'm super excited about it. We're going to talk about the biggest financial mistakes properties property managers make and how to fix them. And Bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim, where we help companies transform and scale their business. We improve profitability and that can be done with uh, uh, virtual assistance services, 24-hour emergency call center, as well as maintenance, leasing, uh, and other back office services. Please share with your friends, like and subscribe. At the end of the show, we will announce the book giveaway. We'll be giving away an awesome book about financials today. Um, To participate in the book giveaway, please go to our YouTube channel and click on the link in the description of this episode, or visit our Instagram at Bootstrappers Show and click the link in our bio. I didn't know that we had an Instagram account now. Cool. Yes, we do. Uh, Many people, Jeremy, get into property management and they come from other industries and they may not have an accounting background. And so I think this show is really important because it can, we're going to talk about the top mistakes that we see in property management books and how to fix them. And I think you're kind of, I'm kind of interviewing you today because you're, you do come with a lot of accounting experience. Can you just give everyone a real brief update on, not an update, but background on why you're actually really good at accounting? So, well, when <laughs> I used really to are. be in corporate America, mm-hmm. um, there is a payables process, and there's a pretty, especially in larger corporations, it was a $17 billion company, and the procedures were very tight. And they were very simplified, but they ended up doing exactly what they needed to do. And so when we came into property management and you get the software package and you try and figure out what the routine should be, if you don't have kind of a high level uh, understanding of how bookkeeping works, then you can't really design a system uh, that makes the most sense the easiest for your own smaller company. So true, and I think that's where you, maybe my background represents more of your typical property manager. I have no accounting background, and we really have relied on your experience to keep the books up. But um, we have created at Anaquim a new Anaquim Office Solutions service where we do help property managers with their bookkeeping needs and their financials. And it's really been a privilege for you and our team to get under the hood of many property management companies' books. Yeah, we've gotten into you know lots of property management companies' books. And even over the course of the years, whenever I would go around the country and do some consulting work, it doesn't even really matter what the software is. You can always, you can always set up a system that is really easy. And let's just say that you know that you have a good payable system, bookkeeping system, if it's simple. It really is the KISS principle applied. Mm-hmm. If you can't keep it simple, stupid, then it's then it's wrong. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for it not to be simple, 
exceptions like vendors call and they want to know an answer right now or they want to get paid early or, or, or anything or tenants want a refund whatever you just have to have some rules and you have to apply them and you put them into a system which we'll talk about so in this show I kind of want to focus on the three top mistakes that we see property managers make and just simple solutions to overcoming these problems and the best thing so I'm not a bookkeeper person. I don't. I don't enjoy it. it I, in fact, I kind of find it soul destroying. That's why we rely on Jeremy for that knowledge. But I will say, when the books are nice and things run smoothly, the way that Jeremy has always done it for all of our businesses, wow, the stress level is so redu- so much reduced. Well, there's no if you stress have, level. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, there's stress level if you don't have cash. Like, okay. Not having cash, it doesn't matter how good your system is, it's gonna be a problem. But barring that, it's really not even something you need to think about. And that's how you know you, whether you've applied a KISS, the KISS principle. Right, right. So I wanna talk about the number one mistake that we see people make in the industry. And that- That's getting into it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that is um, not forcing the team to put invoices, and receipts into the system the day that those are received. Can you talk a little bit more about how people typically do it and what you would suggest instead? So going back to the olden days, it was that you would get an invoice and there would be what's called the check stub or the invoice stub and you would tear that off and you would put it in a file and somehow you would be reminded that you had to do it in 30 days and or you know it's due in 30 days depending on the terms. And then when that day's up, you grab it, you write a check, you staple, you put it in an envelope and you put the statement or the invoice uh, stub in there. And that's how you, you would handle it. So then software came around that made it a lot easier and people didn't use. So what they would do is they'd essentially go through that same exact system, a manual system, and then after they'd write the check, they would input it into the software. So, so it's the, like double the You're doing workload. double the work, right? Because software, you need to know this, write your checks for you or send your electronic checks out automatically. So you have to make it so that the instrument that you're typing into the system is the instrument that, or at least that it promotes and and pushes out the actual instrument. It can't be the other way around. You can't have written a physical check, for instance, or done it in another system and then take it and then type it in because for one it takes at least twice as long and two your likelihood of having committed an error is going to be about three to five percent three to five percent of everything you do manually isn't going to be right okay let's talk about the preferred system so the preferred system i'm going to talk about the first step because this is my step that jeremy requires me to do um and when we go to conferences and stuff we're obsessed with receipts and I always say to the team, Jeremy tells us, you have one job, and that's to get all the receipts into the software. So when we have a receipt or an invoice, it either needs to be scanned or a picture taken, and we put it into our software from an app every right as soon as we get the receipt. And, it has and to go- Jeremy dings you. Yeah. Uh, if you don't do it, it's like a hard, that's why he has a joke about it because he takes it so seriously. And so that's why we say you had one job and it's to put the receipts in the day, the time that you receive it. Well, 
So like with credit card transactions, those are transactions that do happen. Like there's no avoiding them, right? They, they're transactions that are happening. So when somebody sends you a receipt, which they need to do from an app or something, like I know that rent manager, you take a picture of it, you upload it, and then our accounting department gets it, and then they just right click and they put it into this into the, red, the, the payables register. They attach the, um, the copy of the receipt, and then they essentially pay the bill from the credit card register, and then it's all done. What that allows you to do, if you're keeping track of this in real time, so for instance, a technician doesn't send the receipt. So you're saying a technician who goes to the store, buys a part, and in, in our system, they have to upload that receipt real time. At the register. And by doing that, the person that's doing the data entry sees it, and they, can, they, they, know, they get a notification from Chase, in this case, and it tells them, okay, there's going to be a $124 receipt coming in. If it's not in in the next couple of minutes, we call up the technician and say, send it in, because... If we keep the books up to date, that means we can go into the credit card register and the, um, the bank statement online and reconcile to make sure that the balances are always exactly right. So if we run a profit and loss or a P&L or a cash flow or balance sheet on our books at any given time, it is always accurate. Which allows yesterday. property management companies to forecast properly and also make goals within a month. Well, a forecast, and it also makes sure that if the expense was applied to another property, a client's property, that that owner can log in and see the transactions in real time. Because if they can't, then there's going to be questions. And then they get shocked, and then they get angry, and then right. it's a super long phone call. Right. Okay, so we put it in the system. Uh, real time, and I will say, this is the number one thing I hear from clients who are inquiring about how we can help them with their uh, their accounting. When they talk about their process, it includes a whole step we don't have, and that step is called the finding step. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, that thing, so what ends up happening is um, pe people will, <laughs> they will initiate transactions out of bill pay. Like, so their bank has a bill pay and they pay it. Same thing. If you're paying that through another system, that means what you're using your software for is to try to reflect reality. What the software needs to be is reality that is reflected in, uh, the, the software needs to be reality it needs to drive you need to understand that that is the reality then what happens instead of there being a deposit that nobody knows what it's for in at the bank there might be a deposit in the software but then you know who created it and you can go and tell them they haven't done the transfer at the ah, bank yet. So, so you want to flip it around. So, so it makes the finding easier if you have to do it. And probably not even necessary because when you do it in the software, it has all the details mm. and it really just reminds you that I needed to transfer this money or we didn't initiate the payment to the credit card company, things like that. It takes care of all of the research, literally all of the research. We have a client that we have right now and probably, I don't know, 20 to 30 hours a month is, goes to trying to follow up and find transactions that were initiated outside of the system. Oh, that's not rare at all. I, I've Heavens heard from time. owners of property management companies that they spend the last week of the month yeah. just finding yeah. 
where transactions were. And thinking about, so this is the owner of the company. The most expensive person. The most expensive person spending their time on tasks that bring no financial benefit. And that you can literally spend eight uh, to $10 an hour getting done. And you can get rid of that whole task for anybody if you just don't have finding a part of your process. Yeah, well, yeah. They actually there's a list of things that they need to research. If you have a list of things that you need to research, then you've got to turn it around the other way. You've got to make it so that the software is telling somebody what the next step is. Mm. So you might create a, a check in the software, and and let's say you don't you 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 pay with an e check and then the whole thing's done. Like that's it. But um, you can also put it in the system, queue it up to print, and then it does print. And we're going to talk about and that. And then you don't need to worry about push. it because okay. it's already that the action in the software triggered reality to be reflective of what you were expecting. And I just want to make sure it's clear in case we haven't said this explicitly, but our our expectation is our accounting people reconcile daily. So not only are the receipts in the system real time, but the actual reconciliation process happens daily, which is why Jeremy was saying that the books are pretty much perfect the day ne- the, the next day. But those things really need to happen if you want a stress-free accounting system. Yeah, so one of the problems that happens is that there might be a transaction that really nobody can figure out. Like there, there are some on this list that are about three weeks old, and then it gets a little bit critical. They start really looking into it but during the course of the last three uh, of, of the last three weeks the owner wanted to get their money because it was after the 21st whatever your date is so then if you're sending money out but you don't have reconciled books then you might and probably probably are sending money to owners who don't have the money because it should have been taken out of the software you have no other way of knowing whether uh, whether or not the owner has money unless your software is up to date and up to date right now because I'll tell you at Wistar group if an owner calls up right now says how much do I have in my bank I have $1,700 in the bank do you want it there's no risk you can send them their money because it's not like we're needing to wait for anything else we know there's $1,700 in that account right now so we can send it and then we send it through pay lease which is like an e-service an electronic service you hit the button it sends them the money Again, this creates such a stress-free environment that where people are living it with so much stress on their shoulders, worrying about the financials, and just having that system organized helps a lot. Okay, I wanna go to the next thing. The next big mistake that we see property managers make is they have overly complicated financial workflows. And I would say one of the biggest reasons why it's overly complicated is that first off, they use a specialty maintenance software. and so so there is no service issue number being generated from the primary property management software that flows to the maintenance tickets being made. So when the invoices come in, the accounting department has to do some reconciliation process and find out which owners, which buildings, which units these invoices happened or where where the maintenance activity happened allocate it properly and of course there are a lot of errors there well and then there's a disconnect between the invoice and the service issue or a lot of times there would be Um, so if you dispatch a plumber and they have a hundred dollar bill and you don't put it into the system through the work order number that you dispatched them on 
then later, like you were getting to, down later on in the month, week, to whatever, they you end up having to get that invoice and find it and then try to make it look like probably in a bill somewhere you reference the work order number. You can't just click down to it. Like if your software doesn't let you have a bill and then click on the bill mm. to see what the work order is and mm. was for, then imagine the customer service team that you've got that's trying to answer those questions is probably having to hang up. They're probably having to do research, which what should be able to happen is somebody calls, they give you a work order number or there's a bill number, you click on it, takes you to the next screen, and it tells you exactly what happened. And it just saves so much time and hassle and owners not having to wait for you to call back and God forbid somebody forgets. So what we see here is that people purchase a specialty maintenance software for a bell or a whistle, but and, and they may, let's just say that it does save them money in maintenance, but then they're paying a lot of money in the back end in the accounting department to make everything work. So it's kind of stealing from Peter to PayPal within your company. And then in addition, all these extra software, it they're really adds expensive. up. Oh, they're expensive. It really adds up. And like, I wouldn't want to beat on any of them, and I won't. But if your software doesn't have, for instance, a service issue module, get a new software for God's sakes. Like just you, you don't layer, don't map on top of that another software because then you don't have a property management software because maintenance, I'm sorry, is part of property management. You have a dumbed down version and then you're mapping something on top of it to compensate. And then you probably have another accounting system and now you've got to do like this three-way connection. And I was the- just going to get to that, that other accounting system. So what we see a lot is that a property management company will have the maintenance software, the property management software, and then QuickBooks or some accounting software for for their company books. And when you have all of this going on, it's just overly complicated. And when you bring somebody on board, first of all, they have to learn three softwares. Then you have two different workflows for your financials. And there's the whole finding you know, triangulating the invoice with the right service issue. All of this is unnecessary duplication and overcomplication, and then the end result is people's financials really aren't that good or organized. Well, and here's the test. Like, if if your property management company does have a service issue management module and you're not using it, then you're doing it wrong because the thing about having that module in the software is that you can connect the financials and the operation and the work orders themselves and, and whoever is dispatched all together. And you can connect them, which is so much easier, like I was saying earlier, with the customer service call. You, you answer so many questions so much more quickly when you have that contiguousness of, of a system that allows for, if you're a company, you have an operation, well, in our industry, we have, property, we have the property management piece on the field, leasing, uh, maintenance, and the financials. And they have to be connected. Otherwise, you're not hearing the whole story unless you're doing and something crazy outside of the, some software to make great notes. But why? And then the problem with that, with none of those softwares speaking to each other, not speaking well, is you're just having unnecessary mistakes. And in our day and age, 
customers really have, investors really have high expectations for the industry. And if you screw up their, you know, their monthly statement, they're mad. Yeah, first of all, don't use the owner statement. The industry owner statement is the stupidest document. I just hate that document. Okay, do you want to? That's a different story. Is that a different story? That's a different story. Anyway, yeah, it's a different story. So I want to go to the third biggest mistake that we see is not having an organized accounting cadence. So can you, Jeremy, explain your favorite accounting cadence that you see? Best practices. Put the bills in the system in real time. Bills go in the system when you get them, immediately. And there are consequences. We should talk about the consequences. If somebody doesn't at Wistar Group, what is the consequence? Will you measure it? Well, then you can't do the bank reconciliation, or you can't. No, for the maintenance guys, though. If oh, they- so, yeah. Well, okay. So, consequences. Uh, we just call them and call them and call them until they actually get that receipt. And I do think it counts against them. In their- oh, yeah. So, it'll go into their history that, you know, we're not getting the receipts in. We have a history note category, and it's a, you know, kudos or complaint. So, it's a complaint because we had to spend extra time researching, trying to find something that was your job description says you need to do this at the front end. And by the way, if you do do that, you don't get all these calls, which are frustrating you. I mean, so that, you're, that, so that you're frustrated that somebody from the office is calling you all the time is the technician's own fault, and they can avoid it. But after a while, after really, literally just a couple of weeks, if you have that, that cadence set up, that expectation set, that the technician sends the receipt in however you want. I don't know your software, but they get it in, and then it's input into the system. Then you, you're, you're, you know the financial status of your entire company and your client's companies in real time. And then I would say that I think it is a KPI for the maintenance department, oh, yeah. how many uh, receipts Complaints were late. Or whatever. Yep. Uh, okay, so everything gets in real time, then what? What's the next part of the cadence? All right, so that happens in real time all the time. So part of the, when you're typing in a bill is you have to have the terms, right? Is it gonna be net 15, is it gonna be net 30, is it going to be immediately? So have that setting, manage your vendor profile, manage your vendor profiles, for God's sakes, so that then, you can set it up so that all, you can run a filter or whatever that um, these bills are due this week, or actually the bills are due next week, right? So on Thursday, you go in, somebody with the authorization goes in and approves the bills. That in some cases is the property manager. They go in and check their profile bills that are pending and they approve them. So when they're approving them, they're doing kind of like a dummy test. Yeah, like, oh, this makes sense, this doesn't make doesn't sense. Make sense. And it's important that those people are the ones that are doing the approval because you can't just have somebody that's disconnected from the whole operation you know, eyeball it and say, oh, that looks a little too expensive. Well, no, it's not expensive because we had to do a whole retaining wall, right? I mean, so you have to have that situational awareness. Also, if it's not a property manager doing the, doing the client's property approvals, you've got to have your own maintenance manager, for instance, uh, in charge of your own company payables. But all of that happens on Thursday. And then on Friday morning, somebody comes in and prints the checks. All right, so that might seem simple. Uh, and it is, and you're probably not doing it. But <laughs> well, well, maybe uh, they are. Maybe give people yeah. the benefit of the doubt. No, I'm not going to, because it is <laughs> it is very unlikely that oh my God. if you are good, that is good. And this isn't exactly okay. all right. All but right. you'll be glad to know. Even if you are doing this, you'll be glad to know how smart you are, because 
it's not just that you've got this cadence, but that you have that cadence also offers predictability. And the predictability, a customer service agent can receive a call from a vendor who's trying to figure out maybe their new vendor and they're not trusting when things are gonna be in yet. You can go into the bill and you can see when it's going to be paid and you can tell them that it's going to be paid on this date. And then it is. Bills are paid on Friday. Bills are paid on Friday. The, you should have it Saturday or Monday. Of course, now with COVID, it's like next Thursday. But, but whatever you can. Well, if you had an e-check, you could just say. Yeah, if you have an e-check, then it's going. You will have an e-check on, on Friday. On Friday morning, and then your customer service calls go down. And guess who answers vendor calls on a weekend? Right. People who pay. People who pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that predictability means that your maintenance will improve and you are a coveted account for yeah. vendors because they know you pay, they know when you pay, and it creates creates a stress-free experience for them and they want to work with companies that do that for them. Yeah, I'm gonna throw this in there too. Make sure you're keeping their certificates of insurance. Mm -hmm. Always on the profile and make sure that your system allows you to stop writing checks to them when they don't. Because if you get audited, you will pay the requisite workers' compensation for those third-party uh, vendors. 20%, it depends, but up to 20% of whatever you pay your vendor, if you get audited by your state, you are going to pay that in workers' compensation. So this kind of seems like a good time to plug Anaquim Office Solutions. Yeah, okay, yeah. So <laughs> all this knowledge a, can a be yours. Plug. Yeah, well, it is true. Like our Anaquim <laughs> Office support is um, solutions. Sorry, solutions is for mostly rent manager clients. Although we do have clients outside of rent manager, and what we do is we set up your software the way according to best practices. We don't ask you really what you want um, we well, go that's not true we, we just know we we have done this we know enough. what you want yeah <laughs> we know what you want and we can set that we up know for you. you want less stress and so we're gonna set you up with a system where you don't have to worry about it we meet objectives we meet KPIs and um, and on a fractional basis you only pay for the hours that you use so you don't even need full-time people to do it well and that's true that's actually an important point we've had two accounts now this last year the last several months actually where the CFOs were able to be it's kind of sad they were relieved of their duties and they were in big markets. Uh, one was in Chicago, one was in New York, where C, they were CFOs, and they actually didn't need to have them anymore. And it, so it really is the case that if you are using the AOS services, um, after a month or two, your cost of labor should go down substantially to the point where in other instances, we've taken back some of our remote professionals, our virtual assistants, because you don't need them anymore. Yeah. So uh, to participate in the book giveaway, please go to our YouTube channel and click on the link in the description of the episode or uh, visit our Instagram at Bootstrappers Show and click the link in our bio. Today's book is The Joy of Accounting by Peter Fram Frampton. That's an oxymoron for a lot of people because it is so hard. It, it actually isn't as hard as people think, but it is, it, we wanna go out and sell. And we want to go out and manage properties. Oh, you're talking about owners property of management. property management yeah, we, company owners. And, and doing the accounting piece really is just a pain in the butt. And you shouldn't have to know how to do it. So that's a wrap. See you next week on The Bootstrapper Show. This has been Bootstrappers, a unique presentation designed to help you better understand how the world turns. Contact Gwen or Jeremy at posts at bootstrappers.club or visit our website anaquim.net.
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and our YouTube channel. Thank you and join us next time for Bootstrappers.